This is Gene Lance on the Workers' Beat Extra. The Texas AFL-CIO is holding its state convention on July the 27th and 28th. And actually, there's quite a bit that's new. Some of the old stuff I thought was pretty good. They have, for example, the Young Active Labor Leaders, which is maybe five, six years old now. Angie De Filippo is the president of the state organization, and she's from Fort Worth. She works for the Fort Worth AFL-CIO. And having the Young Active Labor Leaders is, is a really good thing because they're developing leadership for the future. And also for the present, they're having a profound effect in uh, every Central Labor Council where they exist. At the state level, they're, they're really uh, greatly liked. There's a lot of applause every time they stand up or make a motion or something. They have a really good women's committee at the state AF of LCIO, but they've had one for a long time, and that's very good. They've also had for a long time the A. Philip Randolph Institute, A-P-R-I. A. Philip Randolph was a leader of the trade union movement way back in the 1930s. He took over the uh, Brotherhood of Sleeping Car Porters, made them into a great and wonderful union that uh, had a profound effect on the labor movement. You may not know that the armed forces and government jobs used to not be integrated, and they began to be integrated after A. Philip Randolph threatened a march on Washington back, I believe, in 1939. So this is, these are really good aspects of the labor movement. But the new ones, I think, are really profound and really show strong intention of the Texas AFL-CIO to make a difference in today's world. They introduced Latonia Benoit. It's B-E-N-O-I-T, so I guess it's Benoit. She's now on staff as the Director of Education and Human Rights but her present assignment is to direct their effort toward racial justice. And this, is, this could be a profound change and a profound improvement in the labor movement. Labor and the civil rights movement have a tremendous amount in common. And in fact, the great civil rights leader Martin Luther King Jr. pointed out that the racist and the anti-union person are pretty much the same guy. And so labor and civil rights have a lot of connections, almost the same thing when you look at it. So when uh, Miss Benoit starts working on racial justice, as she already has, then that makes a really good effort for the labor movement, reaching out into the community. Now, you can't see just right away how they're going to benefit from this because is this going to mean that they're going to develop some new unions? Not exactly, but it is going to mean that they will make a bigger effect in the community at large and they will be more accepted in the community at large and more and more people will want to work with the labor movement because of their new orientation or rather their extended orientation on racial justice. Congratulations to the Texas AF of LCIO 
for that new position and that new campaign that they're working on. The other one is even more interesting. It's not exactly new because maybe 10 years ago or so, the AF of LCO started something they called the Blue-Green Alliance. In fact, I think it grew out of something that happened in 1999. There was a big demonstration in Seattle. I went. I was, I was one of two people, I think, from Dallas County who went to Seattle for that. But it was put on both by labor and by the environmental movement. And they, they called it Teamsters and Turtles. And they also later on started calling it the Blue-Green Alliance. Green for uh, the environmentalists and blue for the uh, union people. But I haven't heard a lot about that lately. What I did hear at the Texas AFL-CIO convention that's going on this week is that they are starting a new project called the Texas Climate Jobs Project. The uh, executive director is named Bo Delp. He explained that this is a very exciting development and one that has kind of a thorny background because when you think about it, there are some reasons why certain unions or certain union members would not like the environmental movement. A good example is coal. As Mrs. Clinton found out when she was running for president, you can't just go and tell people that they're going to lose their jobs and that that will be a good thing. When Mrs. Clinton was campaigning for president of the United States, she went to West Virginia and they asked her about the coal industry. And she said, yes, we are going to, to begin shutting down the coal industry. And then she went on to say, but we're going to have much better jobs uh, in the renewable energy. I guess she meant in wind farms and things. Well, West Virginia doesn't have a lot of west wind farms. They don't have a lot of solar power. What they have is coal, and they have an awful lot of people that work in coal. Mrs. Mrs. Clinton lost West Virginia in that primary election, uh, and it hurt her bad that, that the coal miners or the people that worked in coal and people also who worked in oil did not want her because they felt that she was uh, overcommitting to the environment, to the renewable energies. But that's the, the coming thing, isn't it? When you think about it, coal and oil are not popular with the population in general. What the population in general wants is to get ahead of the project uh, of climate change, to get ahead of climate change before these fires burn up all of California, before these floods inundate all of the subways in China, and before the floods kill half the people in Germany. And that's going on all over the world right now. Climate change is having these profound effects on everyday weather. Both floods caused by warm air holding a lot of, humid, uh, holding a lot of water and uh, drought caused by dry air not being able to hold a lot of water. So the attempt of the labor movement to get ahead of the environmental question is something, whether they like it or not, they have to do it. And so does the entire progressive movement. We really have to become environmentally conscious 
Some of the scientists say that if we don't do something within the next de decade or so, in the next 10 years, then this planet is sunk. And the people that live in this planet are going to be living in a series of weather disasters that will, uh, that will make it uninhabitable in a lot of the planet. We've known this for a long time. We just haven't been able to do anything about it under the economic system that dominates the world. Labor is making the right decision by starting the Texas Climate Jobs Project. How they're going to do it, I don't know. I know they're going to be encouraging jobs in the sector of renewable energy. I know they're going to be trying to get union, good union jobs that pay well uh, at the wind farms and at the solar farms and at the places where they use tidal changes to get electricity. I know they're going to be trying to get good jobs there, but they're also going to be making it difficult for people who now make their living from coal, like in West Virginia, or especially in Texas, oil. My whole family worked in the oil field. My father worked in the oil field. My brother worked in the oil field. I worked in the oil field. So the oil field people are are going to have a, a great adjustment to make. They're going to have that adjustment to make whether labor does anything about it or not. So the attempt that labor is going to make will be to get good jobs in renewable energy while the jobs in unrenewable energy, coal and oil, when those as those jobs get phased out. I applaud the effort. And it's not going to be an easy effort, but I certainly think it's a great idea that they're that they're going to give it a try. So there are big changes in the labor movement. It doesn't mean that they're going to stop being uh, involved in election work. The Texas AFL-CIO and the Dallas AFL-CIO, in fact, all of the AFL-CIOs everywhere often see themselves primarily as electoral. The reason is because individual union locals cannot usually have much effect on elections. Only by combining with other union locals and other kinds of unions can they have much of an effect on politics. So the federations, AF of LCIO, the F stands for federation. The federations end up doing most of the political coordination. Even though they don't have the most money, even though they don't have as much control over their memberships as the union locals do, they are the coordinators for our election work because we have to combine to have election work. And I'm proud of the Texas AFL-CIO for the way it has stepped out and worked in the election arena, especially lately. We saw some figures at the Texas AFL-CIO showing that even though Texas is still considered a red state, a state that generally votes Republican and voted Republican in the last elections, in the 2020 elections, that the lead that the Republicans have is being whittled away while the number of people turning out to vote for the other party is increasing. Most of the labor candidates do better and better, in other words, whereas most of the anti-labor candidates are beginning to try to wonder what they're going to be able to do. 
That explains why the anti-labor candidates are so busy all over the country trying to cut down on voting, trying to uh, take away voting rights, especially for dark-skinned people and poor people, people who don't have cars, people who are disabled, people who are not happy with the situation that they're in, so that only uh, affluent white people will still be voting, and they might tend to vote Republican, although that, that may not even be true because of, uh, the, because of what's going on today. So the Texas AFL-CIO has a strong effort to uh, intervene in politics on behalf of working people. Now, not all working people like that. Some working people say that unions should only worry about wages and benefits and not do anything in politics. But if they look at their history books, they will find out that lasting progress only comes from the political arena. A union may get a good contract, and it may have uh, a, wa a, ra a wage raise in it, and it may have, uh, for example, a better insurance or something, but they have to do it all over again within three or four years. Every contract only lasts a, a short while, and then they have to do it over again. However, when they get laws changed, when they get legislation that helps working people, when they get something like an increase in the minimum wage, then wages go up for everybody and it lasts longer. So legislation is where we where make our lasting gains. Politics for working people is vital. And thank goodness we have the AFL-CIO leading us on politics. So those are some of the changes that are going on. Some of the changes are just matters of emphasis. Some of them are just matters of trying harder, or working harder, or working smarter. But some of them are really profound changes, like this business of having a human rights racial justice program and a Texas climate jobs program coming out of the Texas AFL-CIO. It's good news. This is Gene Lance on the Workers Beat Extra.